When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers. Harry Douglas in for Key and Jay today, just arguing with Buster Olney about Juan Soto. He said it's like getting Hank Aaron or Willie Mays, but it's much more like getting Frank Thomas, who's a great hitter. You could argue Frank Thomas at his best was a better hitter than Hank Aaron. But Soto's more athletic than Frank Thomas was. He plays in the outfield. Frank Thomas was a first baseman DH. And Soto's a little bit younger than Frank Thomas at the same point, in their, you know, like when he was productive, about two years you know, younger, which is also bodes well for him. And he's left-handed, and they're more right-handed hitters, so that's also good. But his, his offensive profile is a lot like Frank Thomas. I don't know why people are resistant to that. Anyway, you know who DK Metcalf reminds me of Ooh. in a lot of ways? He wasn't as accomplished as a college player, but Calvin Johnson, in the sense that he's the big, strong, fast, you know, guy, he's, but who's younger than people realize when he's compared to the other top receivers in the game. He's a couple years younger than those guys. And um, the Seahawks have not worked out his contract yet, and he's not practicing at training camp. He's doing the hold in. You show up, but then you don't practice while they're working on the contract situation. Should they trade DK Metcalf if if they don't want to pay him? Here are his career totals versus the 2019 draft class, Harry Douglas. He is third in receptions at 216. He is first in yards at 3170. And he's first in touchdowns at 29. He's the best receiver out of that class. He's only 24 years old. And he's due to make a little under $4 million this season. What do they do with DK Metcalf? What would you do? Well, first I need to say this. Who ever didn't put the stuff together at Ole Miss when DK, A.J. Brown, and Van Jefferson, all those guys were there at the same time in the same receiver group? Shame on you. Um, you didn't do a good job. <laughs> That's the first thing. But when you Harry at, Douglas is applying to schools. He's like, I'm uh, going to skip that one. <laughs> unbelievable. Wait, who's your fourth best receiver? Van jo- Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Well, it's crazy. Yeah. But when you look at a guy like D.K. Metcalf, who is big, strong, physical, doesn't take plays off, Max. Notice I just said, doesn't take plays off. But is physical, can make the physical catches. And when I say don't take plays off, and this is one, why he's one of my favorite players. You can chase down your corner who just, just with the Ask Buda Baker. Buda Baker will let you know. Buda Baker's elite. Yes. He chased him down in the open field and tackled him. Hawked him in. When you have a guy like DK Metcalf and you have a corner that decides that they want to take plays off, he's going to try to knock you out in the run game. He's not going to allow you to take plays off. So that alone separates, put him in another category, in another box, because – a lot of these other guys, when they aren't getting the ball, what are they doing? Taking plays off, you know, buddy-buddy and with DBs. Hey, we got it. We good, my man. We good. I love his mindset. No, we not good. I'm trying to get you every single play. That's the mindset of a DK Metcalf. But I'm interested to understand and know 
what are the Seattle Seahawks thinking? What's their logic for the future? Because right now they have Drew Locke as their quarterback and Geno Smith. I, I, I don't think you can go into a season with any of those guys being your quarterback unless you are trying to tank and you don't want to win and you're hoping to get a C.J. Stroud who's going to be in next year's draft or a Bryce Young or Anthony Richardson, some, somebody, someone along those lines. But even if you do get one of those young guys in the draft next year, wouldn't you want a DK Metcalf to be their primary receiver? And I understand Tyler Lockett is phenomenal and has been. But he's not DK Metcalf. He's not the size of DK Metcalf. He's not faster than DK Metcalf. He doesn't make an impact like a guy. Try this one, Harry. Named DK Metcalf. If I could have any receiver in football, I'm not, talk, I'm not saying he's the best right now. I'm mm-hmm. saying uh, next four or five years, like I can have this guy for the, you know, I'm, I'm going to sign, I'll rephrase. If I could sign any receiver in football to a big deal, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to sign Metcalf. Because I have to factor in the age, the productivity, and the trend of his career, what I think he's capable of doing, all the facets of his game, size, the whole thing. I'm trying to think of a guy I'd rather have on my team. I can't think of any. He's significantly younger than the other guys to whom he is compared. Well, what about Justin Jefferson? Okay, let me let me, let me, let me <laughs> I wasn't thinking of any of the young guys. Uh, and also... There's Justin Jefferson, and there's also Chase. Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. So I, I would say he's the third. <laughs> I completely take back. It's like when you said earlier that Joe Burrow was fast, and we looked it up, and it was a three. <laughs> Get out of he here. He ran a 4.940. Would, would you stop telling the listeners I'm just saying. Stories? I'm just saying I have to amend. I take it back. Right. I was, I was thinking about like all the guys who we consider at the very top now. Devontae yeah. Adams, Cooper Cup, uh, uh, A.J. Brown, whoever it is. I'd rather – but you're but, right. But there the there thing, are a couple though, young guys. Would you that, take D.K. Metcalf over Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams, though? Going forward for the next five years? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you talk about the next five years. Yeah. That's you're right. I would take Jamar Chase probably and then, and then Justin Jefferson and then D.K. Metcalf. And here's the thing about Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson because I watched a ton of film on both of those guys. The better route runner is Justin Jefferson. It's just Jamar Chase is just so damn good, Max. And he's also like, who's throwing him the ball. Exactly. He's got not only the dude you want, but it's his dude. Because Justin Jefferson, not saying Jamar Chase can't play in a slot, but you're going to have him predominantly at your ex-single receiver against press coverage, <laughs> catching balls Rank over and over Rank your receivers. Again. Next five years, who do you want? I say one, two, three, Chase, Jefferson, Metcalf. One, and, two, and, and Chase and Chase and Jefferson, it doesn't even matter really one or two of those guys. I, I will go one of those two guys at one or two and then DK Metcalf. So we're on the same page. But then you have to put A.J. Brown in there too. A.J. Oh. Brown will have to be, probably be four. Right. I, that's why I, I was thinking of the main guy I was comparing Metcalf to, the main guys, were Devontae Adams and A.J. Brown. Yeah. He's younger than those guys. Yeah. And I would take him over A.J. Brown going forward. I still, but I, I don't disagree with that. Because I just feel like DK Metcalf. He goes away some games, like, like Harry in the right situation. I just feel like there's still upside on. No, him. it is. It the, is. The reason I bring up Calvin Johnson is when he was in the league. I felt the way I feel about DK Metcalf now about Calvin Johnson when when um, what's his name on the Texans? Johnson. Um, I just talked about him earlier in the show. Andre Johnson. So, right? so, so, so. Remember, remember that? Like, when, I, well, I played with Dre. I played with right. Dre in Tennessee. And, no, I'm saying, remember when it was like, he's the best receiver in the game. Yeah. But I didn't know how to explain it. Like, yeah, I know he is, but I'd rather have Calvin going forward, right? 
Because Calvin was like three years younger, that was, almost And, and as that good. was a different brand right there. Calvin right. was just a different breed a di- type of that's how that I, we weren't accustomed to seeing. That's how I feel about Metcalf. I feel like, yeah, I get it. De, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is better, and this but one's better, and that one's better, but he's so much younger than those guys and we bigger seen, and more physical. We have seen a better version of DK Metcalf, though. We have seen it. We've seen that in Julio. A way better version of DK Metcalf. We see, well, we've seen that. Well, you're, but you're comparing him to, one, you know, really if you took every receiver, how would I put this one? If you wanted to check the most boxes mm-hmm. of any receiver ever, Julio is right there. He checks so many boxes. And he runs routes like a small guy, which yeah, yeah. And he's really, big sep- and explosive really separated and him from a lot, of, a lot of guys. Yeah, okay, but so Metcalf is like, but, but I, I feel like there's, with Calvin back then, I felt like there's, he's already, let's say, an A-, and there's all this room to, to grow. Where other guys I'd look at and go, they're, all, they're pr- more or less what they're going to be. When you look at Metcalf, do you see a guy with still with tremendous I see upside? I see it. Me too. I, see, I can't sit up here and say I don't. I, see, I do see it. Yeah. It just has to be unlocked. And yes, he played with Russell Wilson, but imagine a guy like DK Metcalf with a Joe Burrow or a Justin Herbert or Tom Brady. Guys, just, just imagine it. Or a Daniel Jones. No, not a Daniel Jones. Get, not please, a Daniel Jones. Stop, please. Yeah. Damn it. Don't, don't make me throw up. I know I'm in New York. Don't make me throw up, though, Max. I just saw an I got to do first take next. Don't make me throw up. I just up. saw an interesting um, stat. Where was it? It was uh, I know who had it. It was Warren Sharp, Sharp Analytics, or at Sharp Football, who had a whole thing on, here it is, the 10 longest passes from Daniel Jones last year. He put them all together. Mm-hmm. He ranks number one in EPA, expected points added, on uh, per attempt on passes thrown 25 plus yards since 2020 number 1 the list is after him mm-hmm. Stafford Carr Herbert Mahomes Watson Tua Russ Rogers and Matt Ryan he's number 1 on the list on expected points added per attempt on yards on passes 25 plus yards down the field don't bring up Daniel Jones right now we're going to get to him soon well, we're going to get to him soon. Everything for me comes back to the Yankees and Giants. Prematurely doing things. Everything for me comes back to the Yankees and Giants. We're going to get to him. Don't worry. All right. I, you know, listen, as, as a Giants fan, I could just pick out, cherry pick certain stats to give myself some hope. <laughs> but things have been bleak for a while, but things are looking up. We don't live by the hope theory. We wish you would. By the way, we're going to get to it in a little bit. There is an unnamed defensive play caller who does not have Patrick Mahomes as a Tier 1 quarterback. But first, the most pressing issue for NFL head coaches with new head teams. We did the AFC earlier in the game. We're going to do the NFC right now. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. In the NFC, Todd Bowles is a new head coach with the Tampa Bay Bucks. What's his most pressing issue? I'll say making sure this team stays healthy. When you look at this defense, you added Akeem Hicks, you have a Dr. Bowles, you have aging a- <laughs> Dr. Bowles. He's a coach, not a doctor. How does well, he do that? Well, I'm saying this, this hey, you make it change practice habits. Uh, I don't know. It's a few things a head coach you can probably do to make sure this team is healthy, especially this defense, because uh, we know that secondary wasn't healthy last year. Um, they added a guy, Logan Ryan. So making sure this defense can remain healthy and you added some more key pieces along that defense, and I actually think they're going to be better, um, have a chance to be better than the year they won the Super Bowl. 
Eberflus, Dennis Allen, Kevin O'Connell. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Brian Dable with Ooh. the New York Giants. What's his most pressing issue? Oh, now you're there, Max. Yeah. Now we get to talk about Daniel Jones. For Brian, Dable's, uh, Brian Dable, it's being able to unlock. I have a key in my hand, but I don't really have a key in my hand. There's a lock in front of me, but not really a lock in front of me. Being able to unlock Daniel Jones and mm. seeing if you can be a magician and find magic within that quarterback. Now, you have to look at Brian Dable and what he did with Josh Allen. Utilize the run game, so Daniel Jones is athletic. He's going to do that, but you don't want to do it too much. Now, he's fast. Daniel Jones is legit fast. Saquon Barkley. He's also fast. It's going to be the <laughs> biggest key for a guy like Brian Dable because he didn't utilize his running backs the correct way when he was in Buffalo. Mm. So that's going to be huge this year, especially for a quarterback in Daniel Jones who has struggled over the last few years. NFC head coaches with new teams. Matt Eberflus with the Chicago Bears. His most pressing issue. And I, what, Harry? And I, I promise I hate to say it like this, but to make sure Justin Fields doesn't get hurt. Because I do not believe that they put enough around. What do you want these guys to do? <laughs> Man, listen, they, they, they just signed two guys on their offensive line, and that was due to okay. injury, which I, I'm glad they did because I was 1 million percent worried about Justin Fields and his health this year. But – you also, as a head coach, you have to unlock Justin Fields. Utilize his skill set and his strengths to, to your advantage. Don't be the type of coach that say, you know what, we have an offensive coordinator. This is his system. We're going to make Justin fit his system. No, fit your system around Justin Fields. Now, granted, they need more skill position players to allow that to happen. Or how about a skill position player? <laughs> they, they need a true number one. Darnell Moody, I like Moody, but he's not a true, true traditional number one receiver. They don't. Ha- they haven't had a number. Listen, neither was Allen Robinson. A number one, a real number one. Yes. They haven't had it. They need to get a number one receiver. They should get a number two receiver while they're at it. <laughs> they, need to, they need an offensive line. They need so a whole I'm, bunch I'm ner- of stuff. I'm nervous for Justin Fields. Yeah. Uh, not because I don't think he can thrive talent-wise and he doesn't have the upside, but... What's not surrounded by, uh, around him? That's why I'm worried about Justin Fields. Yeah, you know, as much as I, I've knocked Dak Prescott as being a good but not great quarterback, in terms of raw tools, to me it looks like Justin Fields is whatever Dak is. Justin Fields is that plus more. And yet, now go be a good NFL quarterback. you got to give Dak credit yeah. as much as he's compared to guys like Patrick Mahomes and he comes up short, obviously. But you compared get- to like almost everybody else, he's really good. Justin Fields seems to have that kind of potential at least, and yet we, you, know, you have to be in the right situation, and he's got to actually also do it. But that's a part of – that's the difference between mediocre, good, and great coaching. It's not saying that, hey, this guy has to fit what I do. It's reviewing your players and understanding what they do best and making things in your system fit around those guys. Now, I will say this. Justin Fields, you got to understand, it's not college no more. You can't sit back there and hold the football. There's guys on that defensive end, defensive lines, they're coming. And I'm pretty sure he understands that. Especially through that that offensive line. (laughs) Yes. They're already there. They have an easier path to the quarterback with that offensive line. They're already there. And good luck running the ball when when your running back's getting sacked, basically. You know what I mean? (laughs) Come on, they're in the backfield. Dennis Allen with the New Orleans Saints. What's his most pressing issue going to be? You don't have to be Sean Payton. You don't have to be Sean Payton. Pete Carmichael, your offensive coordinator, he's been there offensively for you for a few years. He knows the system. Dennis Allen, you was a defensive coordinator. You have been Tom Brady's kryptonite. Let's be honest, the last two years. For the five years, for the five games you have played them, you have won. And you and Tom Brady hasn't looked good in them. He looked good in the one, uh, decent enough in the one in the playoff game, which really mattered the most. But you don't have to be Sean Payton. Be Dennis Allen and run that team your way, not the Sean Payton way. 
What is the most pressing issue for the Minnesota Vikings' new head coach, Kevin O'Connell? Ooh, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Do not allow Kirk Cousins to lose you games. That's the bottom line. You have the running game. You have the two run. You have two solid running backs. Uh, you have two solid wide receivers. Irv Smith Jr. That's that's my piece right there. How can you unlock Irv Smith Jr., a guy that they drafted high a few years back? How can you get him to be what we see these other tight ends be in a Shanahan offense? So that's going to be the most pressing thing for me. What can he do with Irv Smith Jr.? And can he be a vital piece to what they want to do moving forward? At a certain point, the Vikings got to overtake. The Packers, right? Like I mean, they, plus they got to be better defensively than they were last year, too. Because so. right now they have the opportunity. The Lions are nothing, and and uh, the Bears have got nothing. So, like, now is your window. And, by the way, the Bears have a quarterback who looks like he has a chance to be good, really good. Y- you don't. So, like, this is the window right now for the Vikings. And the Vikings last year, Max, they lost so many games by close margins that they easily could have won, and they easily could have made the playoffs last year. Yeah, being as horrible as they were defensively. See, everyone's. I think Kirk Cousins has turned a corner. I don't think he's an empty calorie stat guy like he was early in his career. You know, it's he put up numbers, but like Harry, it's third and eight. You're gonna give me a six yard game. You know what I mean? I yeah. see what you did. It pads your stats, but it's not helping the team win. Um, I think he's turned a corner there. You know, I was critical of Steph Curry in the finals, and you could see him starting to turn the corner, and then it all came. But, but, but he still has those moments, Max, when you have a, like a wide-open Justin Jefferson yeah. or a wide-open Thielen or a wide-open guy, what I was and he s- just bots the throw. And you're what like, I was what say is, going I don't on? think his talent is pitched that high. And he's a little guy. I didn't even realize how short he was until recently. I thought he was a little tall. But, he, you know, he, he, it's just not pitched. When people talk about Baker Mayfield, everyone I see, oh, no, he's Kirk Cousins better than Baker. I don't think so. I would rather have Baker Mayfield than Kirk Cousins. I think the Vikings would have a better chance to win with Baker Mayfield than Kirk Cousins. No one agrees with me, but Ooh, I, I, I just don't see Kirk don't, Cousins as that talented. I don't know if I agree with you there, but... Yeah, no we, one does. Also, recently it just came out that Justin Jefferson is going to be playing the role of a Cooper Cup like he did, uh, which in which he did with the Los Angeles Rams last year, no one winning that Triple Crown. Kevin O'Connell was the offensive coordinator there last year, not a head coach in Minnesota. I can't wait to see that because Justin Jefferson, I really like this young man as a oh, wide receiver. I know the Eagles probably would have loved him too. Todd Bowles with the Bucks, Brian Dable with the Giants, Matt Eberflus with the Bears, Dennis Allen with the Saints, Kevin O'Connell with the Vikings. Which head coach with a new team in the NFC is under the most pressure, Harry Douglas? Which new coach? Yep. I'm going to go with... I'm going to say Todd Bowles. Yeah, because he's in the position to win. <laughs> I'm going to say Todd Bowles. Well, it's it come down between Todd Bowles and Dennis Allen, right? Because yeah, both of those teams. Brian Dable, you're, you're not, it ain't going to so happen we'll go, this we'll year. We know that. Guys. Eberflus, we'll same thing. O'Connell's under some pressure, I think. But still, Kirk Cousins is your quarterback. Yep. But, but yeah, you got Tom Brady in maybe his last season, certainly with the Bucs. Mm-hmm. You're you loaded. Solid, solid defense. Yeah, man. And then also Dennis Allen in New Orleans. You're taking over for a great head coach. We're going to try mm-hmm. and find. We're not sure what you have with your, you know, not from your, not your previous number one overall, but he was a previous number one overall in Jameis. And I like Jameis. And by the way, I didn't. And I have to admit, watching him last season, I thought, oh, wait a minute. He's good. He turned a corner. Yep. Holding the clipboard for Drew Brees for a year under Sean Payton did exactly what they hoped it would do, I thought, when he was on the field. And I thought a lot of people, man, they rag on Jameis for throwing the 30 interceptions, but let's also remember. 30 touchdowns. 
He threw 30 touchdowns and 5,000 yards Led the, league. the same season. Led the league in yards. You can't, no, you can't talk about the interceptions and not want to say he threw 30 touchdowns and had 5,000 yards as well. You have to put that into the equation. Remember when Buster Olney was on here telling me I shouldn't Buster, compare what Juan it is Soto right now. to uh, Frank Thomas? Soto is two years younger than Frank Thomas. Mm-hmm. Was, or, you know, at the same point in their careers. I'm about to give you the comparison. Soto's left-handed, sits from the left side, which is an advantage. There are more right-handed pitchers in the league. And Soto plays in the outfield, mm-hmm. and Thomas was a first baseman and not a very good one, a DH first baseman. So Soto gets a little edge in all those categories, and I can understand why you'd like him more for those reasons. At the age of 20, Juan Soto got into 150 games, had 108 walks, a 401 OBP, a 548 slugging percentage, okay? Mm-hmm. At the age of 23, he's three years older, Frank Thomas got into 153 games, 153 to 150, almost the same, walked 138 times, led all of the major leagues, had a 453 on base percentage, better than Soto's by over 50 points, led the entire majors, and slugged 553, which is also higher than Soto's. Now, he's three years older. That's quite a bit. He is right-handed. He is more of a DH than an outfielder. But, okay, better. That's that's the first time either one of them played at least 140 games, okay? And he led the major leagues in OPS, Frank Thomas. In his second season of playing over 140 games, Soto was 22 years old. Mm -hmm. So not at 21, 22. He got into 151 games. The second time Frank Thomas did it, he was 24. So once again, now Frank Thomas is only two years older than Soto at the same time, all right? 151 games to 160, Thomas got into more games. He led the major league, so did 145 walks. So did Frank Thomas with 122, with 122. 465 on base percentage, led the major leagues. So did Frank Thomas with 439. And he slugged 534, Thomas slugged 536. And his OPS was 999, Thomas led the league with the 975. When the number's lower, but it leads the league, it means the whole league was lower, which mm-hmm. means it's, okay, it's virtually the same offensive player. I couldn't be more right about it. Go get Buster Olney back on this show. Ether, you have beef. Yeah. Notre Dame head coach Marcus Freeman joins us to talk college football playoff expansion, NIL, and the changing landscape of college athletics. Keyshawn J. Will and Max, Harry Douglas in for Key and J. ESPN Radio. Keyshawn J. Will and Max, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And we are joined now. Oh, we got two of them in the house today from Notre Dame. Marcus Freeman, head coach of Notre Dame football and defensive end, Isaiah Foskey. What's going on, guys? Hey, coach. How good morning. Doing? Good morning, Isaiah. Good morning. How are you? Doing great, man. Doing, doing well, great. Doing well. We got you. We got you guys like all day at ESPN here. You turn on ESPN <laughs> at any point, any platform. We have uh, – coach, how's the adjustment – to head goat coach been for you from what I've seen just through the media, your reaction to it. There's everything. There's some guys you go, man, I've run through a brick wall for that guy. I, I don't know the cut of your jib. I, I was like, Ooh, this guy, how has it been for you? It's been great. It's been, uh, you know, every day is a, is a new day. Um, it's been a learning process. You know, I think the first month you wake up every day and you're like, Holy cow, you're the head coach at Notre Dame. Of Notre and, Dame. Uh, and then it kind of goes into this is what you got to do. This is the the everyday task. And being around these guys, being around guys like Isaiah and, and these players is is obviously uh, – it's been such a, a good transition for me. Coach, when you become a head coach of a university of any team, right, they're going to they're gonna be some challenges. So far, what has been the biggest one for you when you became the head coach? I think the biggest thing for me is time management. You know, you go from every day for the past 10 years, your focus has been – Defense, defense, defense. How do you stop the opponent to, okay, being the head coach, it's about your player. It's about taking care of an entire team and putting them in situations to be successful. And so the ability to do the things that you have to do as the head coach at Notre Dame, right, the, you know, the, the obligations that you have, but also make enough time to be around your players and, and give them the best chance to have success is, is it's a difficult transition. Isaiah, has he put you in position to be successful? What have you seen so far? No, all the time. He put me in position to be successful off the field on the field, teach me to be one day a great father, a great person, just overall. He's just a great example. He's really basically a father figure to me. So how are you feeling about the season? I'm feeling great. I could probably speak for the whole team. We feel great about the season. Open up against Ohio State. Having, <laughs> we have a, not, a lot of other big games that we're going against, but the first game is Ohio State. We had to start off strong. See, this is, this is why, Harry, <clears throat> I, playoff expansion, whatever. The thing I don't want college football to lose is essentially it's relevance. A, it's a double elimination season long tournament, right? I'm a, see what what Isaiah just said. Open up against Ohio State. You're like, well, that can't miss. It, yeah. If there are 16 teams in the playoff, all of a sudden it's like not to miss, yeah. as opposed to that. Right now, it's a 12. It's it's a season long double elimination yeah. tournament. What kind of pressure is that, guys? Like week one, Ohio State. Yeah, I, I think we talked about it earlier. As they said, well, how do you not make it the Super Bowl because you have 11 other games. Every week in college football is a Super Bowl. Exactly. Yeah. Every week. So, yeah. But I got, I got to ask y'all about NIL because that has become big in college uh, football, especially college, college sports, period. How has that impacted you first, Isaiah, and then, Coach, you go second? Uh, pretty much with NIL, I I dabble a little bit with NIL, but pretty much I'm trying not to, like, make that the main focus of when I'm in the season because I just want to focus on the season, do the best what I can do. Just on the field and off the field, just let that just go the way it is. But I don't want that to be a distraction. I just came Notre Dame for school and football, and that's why I just came. I didn't come here for NIL to make so much more money if I can just go to NFL and do that. I don't have to do that so early in college. 
Well, I think you look at it, and, and I think he said it best, the, the, the better football player you are, the more in demand you will be because of NIL. And you're going to be able to maximize off of NIL at, at Notre Dame just as good as anywhere else in the country. Our brand is, is, is global. And, uh, but if you're not a great football player, the opportunities aren't going to be there. And so I spend a lot of time continuing to make sure these guys understand the better football player you'll be, the more opportunities you'll have to capitalize off NIL. Notre Dame is like, in its way, like the Yankees or the Cowboys or the Lakers. or the. It is a national brand, as you said. It's a heritage brand. But what comes with that a lot of the times, oh, the Yankees haven't won a World Series since 2009, right? It's not enough to be a powerhouse. What comes with that is a lot of people, including I have this feeling about Notre Dame, kind of Cowboys-like. Yes, they're usually good. But overhyped by the media, and in the end, they're not going to get it. To, like, what do you feel about that thought? And how do you like? How, how do you kind of coach under that kind of stuff? I think you got to focus on your team, your current team, right? And, and to say, okay, here's our current roster. Our job as coaches to develop this roster to get as close as to its maximum ability as we can, right? And then the next part of that is continuing to recruit the best players in the country that fit Notre Dame to come to this program. So then you develop that next roster. And so um, I think our focus has to be that, hey, what can we do for these guys? What can we do for this team to put it in a place to be successful on those 12 guaranteed opportunities? And then the second part of that is continue to recruit uh, the next great players. Isaiah, you, do you feel that at all? Like I play for Notre Dame. Everyone knows Notre Dame. Everyone watches Notre Dame. But there's also that thing out there like, go ahead. Chip up, you know, get the whole thing done. Do you, is that, you ever hear that? Everyone, do you ever feel that? I always hear it from my friends. They always say when we go to the playoffs or get close to it, I always hear it from my friends saying, you guys got to win this year. And I tell them, we're going to get it. We're going to win this year. But Coach Freeman's getting, we're getting closer and closer every year. I believe I came back for a reason. I feel like this year is going to be the year that we win it all. I can't take it easy on Coach no more. You know, I'm here. <laughs> I get, it's, that's it, Coach. We got to get to the hard stuff. There's been a lot of talk lately about Notre Dame joining a, a super conference, preferably the Big Ten. How would you feel about that? And what do you feel about that? Well, I think you said it best. There's been a lot of talk about Notre Dame, and, and we love that, right? And our university loves that, and, and we love our independence. That's, that's where this program was built on. You look at the past, the history of this university and this football team, we were built on um, being independent, playing teams across the country now. Our president, our athletic director is not going to put us in a position to not be successful. They're not going to put us in a position where we're going to hurt our university or our football team. So if that ever becomes the case, I'm sure we'll have to join a conference. But uh, until that point comes to a fruition, then we're going to continue to be independent. And I have to throw this little birdie out there because there was talks about the college football playoff going to 16 teams. And my mindset immediately went to the simple fact that why in the hell would Notre Dame join a conference if, if the college football playoffs – are going to 16 teams. I'll tell you what, it, the, you know how I'm just getting used to the Pac-12. And now, wait, SC and UCLA are gone. They're in the Big Ten. How many teams are in the Big Ten? Why is it tens? Right? The world is changing. <laughs> but I will know that the world has changed for real when Notre Dame is not independent. Right? That's when I'm like, oh, something just really changed. All that, the brand, the money, the fact that they don't need the conference. All of a sudden, if they join, if Notre Dame's in a conference, you're like, oh, wait a minute. We are living in a new world. Um what are, the, what are the biggest advantages or disadvantages do you think about joining a conference? Well, I think for us the biggest advantage of not being in a conference is that you get to play this schedule that's coast to coast. You get to play the best teams across the country. You know, every year we have a game um, we call a Shamrock Series game where we go and play an NFL stadium, right? And this year we'll be playing in Las Vegas versus BYU. And, 
but that's who we are. That's that national global brand um, that, that we continue to be and continue to try to maximize. But as you said earlier, Max, is that we have goals to, to continue to move that needle to, to try to be national champions. And I think our conference, our schedule helps us achieve that goal, but it's the development of this team that's going to help us ultimately achieve that goal. That is Notre Dame head coach Marcus Freeman. We have defensive end Isaiah Foskey. Um, guys, appreciate you joining us this morning. Uh, best of luck in the season, Isaiah. You gotta, you know, you come back to school. You gotta chip up now. You gotta go get it. Oh, right? no, 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 Max. They here all day. We're not saying goodbye to them. <laughs> well, that's right. We gotta get. Coach, we I'm gotta, see coach we gotta get our times worth. They're gonna be here all well, day. Welcome to my world, Coach. We've been at it since five thirty in the morning. I got my, my the right show in. that you're on with me later is at three in the afternoon. That's right. At least, Isaiah, it's not really work for a living. What you do, you're working right now. It's, I don't know how student-athletes, student period. Like they, I've never seen people work harder in any walk of life. The fact that, especially at a place like Notre Dame, you actually are a student. That's hard enough. Think about if you went to college, how hard it is to get out of college. It took me seven years. And on top of that, you're up at the crack of dawn doing all that stuff. It's nuts. Anyway, good luck, guys. Thanks for joining us. Ole Miss football coach Lane Kiffin says, NIL is legalized cheating in college football. Harry Douglas has a pertinent question to ask about that. We get into it coming up here on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, HD in for Key and J, ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Harry, we're talking to Isaiah and we're talking to Coach here about, like, I don't know how student-athletes do it, for real. And, like, you know, Marcellus Wiley made the NFL, you know, made Pro Bowls and everything was all pro. And he and I did a radio show together for six years. We, we went to Columbia together. And I don't know at a place like that or mm-hmm. Notre Dame, like, how do you even – it took me seven years to graduate college. I didn't, I didn't play – they tried to recruit me for the crew team at one point. I was like yeah. – you want me to get up at four in the morning? Are you insane? How do you? How did you do it? What was your routine? Um, it, it's difficult, especially when you get to the off season and you have this thing called mat drills, right? And this, you go through a whole bunch of torturous activities before you have to go to class. So you're basically doing it at like four thirty-five in the morning. And when I went to Louisville, when I first got there, we didn't have an indoor facility. 
So we're out there in teen degree weather in the freezing cold doing these drills. In Louisville? The, oh, yeah. It's 10 degrees in Louisville? Like it gets cold in Louisville. 10 degrees? I said teens. Oh, teens. Okay, teens. even so, teens. I didn't know it got no, to no. the teens in Louisville. It gets cold. Wow. It gets brutally cold in Louisville. Wow. That's why when right. those Florida teams used to come up there, we saw I just think of it as down there somewhere. It should be warmer. Oh, no, it's cold. All right. It's cold. It's not, not too far from Indiana. That's so cold. That's right. That's the right. teens. It's man. more out there than down there. How cold there. Oh, yeah. it get? Yeah, yeah. But, it, I mean, especially you think about your studies. And I was, my last year, I was actually interning at a uh, law firm, Frost, Brown, and Todd, and going to college. What are we listening going to, to here? practice and, and, and then trying to focus on football that whole nine. Yeah, what are we listening what to are you, right What now? are you playing here? It's Cry Me a River by Justin Timberlake because I feel bad for you for uh, being <laughs> in the cold. So, like, yeah, what? it can't get much colder than the teens. Oh, man, brutally cold. They didn't have an indoor facility. The man's up at 4 in the morning. He has to graduate college, and on top of that— And I was coming from Atlanta. —play football in, at a level that, that is going to wind up providing for generations of his family. Oh, uh, yeah. Give him, oh, give wait, him some slack. So, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Okay, Steel and Pat, both of you. Yeah. You guys are on my list now. Cry Me a River. See, I don't know offhand the name of the lyrics to Cry Me a River. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know the lyrics either. That is funny, though, that he played Cry Me a River. Well, I mean, it, it says it right in the song. I can't listen. Over and over again. Well, understand. we can barely hear it. That We can yeah. hear the one. Oh. See, it, hey, Justin Timberlake, stop singing through your nostrils. I can't understand anything you're saying. <laughs> right. And again. No, but it, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy being a student athlete, but that's what separated a lot of us from, from a lot of other people. Not everybody can do it. No. Not everybody had the mental or the physicality to be able right. to do it's it. It's one thing to have, again, talent versus skill, the capacity and drive. The capacity to do it athletically is one thing. It's yep. very, very few people are even wired that way to play at that level. But the commitment it takes for student athletes is insane. People think they have it easy. Oh, they kick their feet up, do whatever they want. They don't have to go to class. It is, they're working so much harder than everyone else on campus. Ole Miss coach Lane Kiffin said something. We're going to get into it coming up. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Ole Miss football coach Lane Kiffin. If you know Lane a little bit, if you if you ever interact with him, he's an easy guy to like. But boy, he said it. he had a doozy here, Harry Douglas, <laughs> in for Key and Jay here on Keyshawn J. Willemax ESPN Radio. 
He says NIL is, and I quote, legalized cheating in college football. What's your response to that? Uh, I wouldn't call it that. Um, I would say this about NIL, because I asked him that yesterday on first take. And I asked him, does he feel like NIL should be capping? He thought it should. But what I wanted to refollow up and Why? ask him. Why? Because competitive disadvantages and stuff? Uh, I, I can't even remember. I, I was so focused on what I wanted to <laughs> My, I, with. I mean, the, 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 main, the main argument that I hear is it gives certain institutions uh, unfair competitive advantages. Okay. But, but here's my thing, Max. I don't like when college coaches say NIL, the situation should be capped for players. When I see a lot of these coaches out here making $9.5 million, $8 million, $7.5 million, why can't your number on your salary be capped? Try this one, why Harry. Do players have, why do they money have to be That's capped? That's why I said, what's the reason? Because the competitive advantage is what I hear. Some institutions will be two tiers, even though, that's, though their tiers don't exist now. But here's the problem with that line of thinking. Why is the coach being paid all that money? Ostensibly, it's because he gives you a competitive advantage. The, the reason coaches make seven, eight, nine million, as you just pointed out, is that it makes the team better. Well, guess what kind of institutions can afford to give coaches seven, eight, nine million dollars? The tier one institutions. Yep. So their very rationale for, not, for capping NIL. They should start by applying to themselves. Cap your salary if you care about competitive <laughs> exactly. advantage, disadvantage. Or what you're saying is that you actually offer your institution no competitive advantage. And in that case, why should they pay you all that money? You hear the brilliance of that logic. Oh, my God. Harry Douglas is very busy with his tie. He's about to jump on first take. <laughs> I'm in here with uh, what they call a Superman, jump into the booth and change his clothes. Yeah, yeah that's no more, what I'm By the way, right you know, it's interesting. They took the last phone booth out of New York City earlier this year. and um, Or maybe it was last year, but it was very recently. And, uh, you know, if Superman were in New York, how, how would he change? How would Clark Kent change? There's no, no phone booths. All but, gone. I, but I'll say this, Max. And these players, the NCAA and these universities have been able to use these players for a very, very long time. It is, I, it, I was a part of that because I was a former player. I played at the University of Louisville. And it's crazy because you have. What they give you to go there? Nothing. I'm saying under the table. Harry. Nothing. Nothing. Oh well. Listen, you were but, a third round Max, pick. You know, there, there were times yeah. where I had to, you know, kick it with a lady here and there just so she'd buy me a meal. Mm-hmm. That's what you keep saying, huh? Like you don't know I mean they, you got to do. You got players. Mrs. Scratching Douglas, and calling Mrs. To eat. Douglas is like Harry Douglas. Let me find out about your past. Dave, you te- have to understand. I just got a text from my wife. You have to too. understand. Like, I needed to she, eat. Did she hear me? <laughs> I'm sorry, honey. I didn't know you then. I've never heard of someone who gets around more than you. I don't mean with them. I mean, every time I mention a place, Alaska. Whoa, that's, that's, that's not what he means, y'all. That's not like, what I, yeah, he, no, I mean. He, he's I mean, talking about travel-wise. I mean, literally. Max, you have around. to specify what I you will, mean. We, you were talking about some hot spot <laughs> in Greece the other day. And Jay was like, wait, you know that place? Then you just got back from deep sea fishing in Alaska. And Columbia. And Columbia in South America. We're talking about New Hampshire. Oh, yeah, I spent a lot of time in New Hampshire. You're from Atlanta. You're in New York with me right now. You're everywhere. I have a lot of... School in Louisville. How do you have the time to do all this traveling? I mean, you you make time for what you want to make time for. So you Like, Like I make time for work. I make time for my family. I make time for traveling. Those are three important things in my life. Yeah, but there's only so much time. What, do you get extra hours in the day that are just for you? You know my philosophy. I can sleep when I'm in that dirt, baby. Yeah. I don't have how much, how many? Now. By the way, this is something I noticed, too. I don't think it's just that you train yourself to do it. Some people, and I noticed this 
a higher incidence of this among world-class athletes, although I do know people in this industry who really, after four hours, their eyes open, they're good. Like, I'm functioning right now, last several nights, I'm four hours sleep more or less, but it hurts me. You know, it's painful, but I do it. But I know people who just, no, I got four hours, I'm good. Yeah. Are you that, like, after four hours, you're just up and ready to go, or you, or you make I, yourself good? All I need is three, or two, uh, three to four hours, and I'm good. Three to and four I've, hours? I've, I've literally been like that you since too? college. I've been like that since college. Oh, my God. That's all I need, Max. If I sleep six, seven, eight hours, I wake up, I feel sluggish. I don't feel like myself. It's going to take me a lot more to get going. I'm going to have to jump in a, in a hot tub, you know, a little jacuzzi or something, Max. I'm going to have to jump in a jacuzzi to wake me up. Victoria Arlen is here with us. Uh, she's getting ready to host First Take. She's in the, stu- in the studio. Like We're all in the same studio right now. And she said her, too, three to four hours. Just Although, Victoria, with- given your past, you missed enough time, right? Yeah, you slept for four years. That, that counts. Honestly, Victoria, she's off mic, but I'll relay the answer. Is that, has it always been that way for you, or it's since you got your health back? Are you like, there's no time to waste? There's no time to waste. So it hasn't always been that way for you. Right, oh, right, yeah, yeah. It happened very, er- very, uh, very early in your well, life. Great, you know, great minds uh, sleep alike. I, would, I wish I could be like that. I force myself to do it when I need to, but oh, what a pleasure that would be to only need three or four hours sleep. That's all I need. And I'm able I'm to so function. jealous. I'm so envious of that. And it's always been that way for you since you were a kid? Yeah. Well, not, I won't say so a there kid. Are, I, I so say, when I say I Harry. Say, I would say college. It's been, it's been like that for since, me since college. college. So when I say Harry, how do you have all the time to do all these things? What, <laughs> do you have extra hours in the day? The answer is yes. I yes, you do. do. You literally have extra hours in your day. Because I, I get up really, really early. I normally wake up about 4.30 normally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm watching film. I'm trying to get a lot of work done, man, before my kids wake up. Yeah. Wait, you're is. up you're up during the show and you never just call in randomly to hang out? What's come on, man? No, no, I don't. What's wrong with you? You know something I will say this. <laughs> I will out. say this about getting up super early. But I in do the watch KJM whenever I'm not on it. When, when I'm up because of this job, I'm up consistently earlier than I've ever been up. You know, I'm up anywhere between three thirty and four fifty. I'll push it as late as four fifteen during football season, Monday night football, it's hurting. But, you know, three thirty a lot of times I'm getting up and I, I got to tell you, the one upside, really, even when I'm tired, mm-hmm. is I feel so morally superior to everyone. I walk down the street, I get up, I'm leaving my house, and I, all I, I can't help my, I'm, oh, look at you lazy people sleeping the day away. Why don't you wake up and be productive? I feel like Ben Franklin. I feel the same way. <laughs> I remember my cousin. Was, the was early staying, bird gets the worm. My cousin was staying with me one time, and um, I was going to practice one day, and yeah. he was asleep. I went in there and threw water on him. Man, wake up. You're not going to be sleeping. I'm going to work in my house while I'm gone. Wake up and do oh, something in this house. What a hater. Yeah. Let him sleep in. Oh, hell no. You know, I get vicarious pleasure when I know other people are sleeping. Wake up. Well, you know, if they're people I care about. <laughs> lazy, lazy people. How dare I morally? I'm up earlier than you. But like when, when it's my, my daughter and she's sleeping in and I know she's been at practice and she's been up early and she's well, yeah, tired. I, I like I it when she sleeps in. Yeah, you wake, wake her up. I don't, huh? I don't wake my daughter up. No, no. no. <laughs> Your daughter no. you take care of. My daughter, when she gets up, she's 100 miles per hour. Pew, 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 pew. We try to calm her down. Pew, 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 pew. So you guys, aren't, you guys aren't the parents that force their sleep. kids to wake up in the middle of the summer? No, I encourage them. I, I tell my, my youngest. My parents actually did that to me, though. My youngest is seven. I tell her when I get to sleep in, I'm like, Mira, just remember. When you wake up, you don't have to get daddy up right away. Just stay and see if you can go back to sleep first. But then when she comes in with her hair all messy in the morning breath, I can't take it. I love it so much, you know? Morning get breath. Get in the bed with daddy. <laughs> morning right. breath. Keyshawn J. Willemax, Harry Douglas in for key. He's getting ready to go do first take.
Harry, great to see you. You too, my friend. You're getting ready for Greeny. This show is back tomorrow, 6 a.m. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.